the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. We're back. The time, 614. One line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. By the way, before I go to the phone lines, we yield and extend our condolences to Senator John McCain, who just recently passed away after a long career in the Senate as well as in the military. We thank him for his service in the military as we do all servicemen. And um, he will be missed on a lot of levels. So John McCain has passed away from our uh, beloved country and he did his duty. Um, May we all um, leave this world at some point in an honorable way as well. Line number three, Misty from San Francisco. What say ye about our topic, young lady? Hi, Jesse. Hey, I wanted you to uh, speak into this. I think it's a rather interesting topic. And to speak into the pain issue, and then I'd like to speak into the drug issue. Uh, the pain issue, I'd love to give some people uh, a few tips. And what I'd like to say, uh, I've re- I have lived with uh, a violent chronic pain in the past. Mm-hmm. And the quickest way to the other side of really any issue or a pain issue is through the fire. And it's without drugs. And it's by um, not putting any kind of substances in. And if you can even avoid heavy pain meds, you know, barring, let's say, you're having a, a surgery or something like that, where obviously, you know, they have to put you in anesthesia or they're going to, you know, they have to give you pain meds. But the, the more that you can avoid pain meds and getting into any kind of cycle like that, the quicker your body will heal. I wanted to add a few Agreed. Tips. Agreed. Um, okay. I know. Um, no caffeine, no alcohol, and no drugs. You can even quit eating meat, and that will help your system. Eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, a lot of water, get a lot of sleep, and just go natural, grin and bear it through the pain, and pray yourself through, and you will be on the other side quicker. Every person I know who started on drugs, they're laid up in bed, they're on fentanyl patches, they need more and more and more, and they're still in violent pain. It's, it's really amazing. Now, let me speak through to this pot issue. I'm very much against marijuana, and I think that call was great with LB. Um, my heart goes out to her. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to tell everyone and her one thing that may help her daughter. Her daughter may be receptive to this. There are demons in pot, straight up. And no matter what anyone tries to say, not to mention things that are not good for your system, there are demons, and that's a gateway that they use, any kind of drug, illicit or non-illicit. So, you know, just tell your daughter, look, honey, every time you take a hit, you're letting demons into your heart, your mind, and your soul. What verse is she going to use? What's that? What verse is she going to use? She can't just say Missy says so. What verse is she going to use? Okay, let me see. Uh... 
That's too general, messy mystery. That's too general. You know that. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing about what you said, and then because everything else was really good about the health thing, and I think that's where we have a major downfall in our culture. We are not healthy, and we can do that all naturally. We just have to suck it up and do it. All good. You 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 came through with flying colors. Yeah, now. Hold on, 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 Missy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't just condemn wholesale things by saying there's demons in it. We're way past that. The Bible's very clear. How? However, here's what I will say. Revelation 18 does talk about pharmacia. It really does. Pharmacia becoming sorcery, having a connection with witchcraft and all kinds of other kinds of evils that bring men into bondage. We have to be careful about every form of uh, hallucinogens or altered states of mind, even down to alcohol or drinking and all everything you said in regards to that. We have to be careful about. But what we will not do is play fast and loose with the idea of demons being in everything, everywhere. You just can't do that. You have to be able to substantiate that. They're in marijuana. Yeah. Where's the verse at, girl? Well, like you just stated. I'm, see? I mean, see I, 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 I'm taking it's Revelation not, 18 even, back. I'm taking Revelation you know, 18 back. If you want to defend pot, you can. I don't. I don't defend marijuana. Well, it's I'm not defending marijuana or pot, but I might actually be defending the extract because most of our healing medicaments are extracts from herbs, and we all know that. You do, too. Um, everybody cannot do the full health thing. They just can't. I wish we could, but we can't. And this is where the pain... That we have in this world, they came from somewhere, and then we have good medicinal things. Yeah, we got to work with the good. We got to work with the. We have to work with the good ones. I agree with you, and maybe one day there will be some good elements of marijuana that can pass the test for everybody. Your your counsel is sound. I'd like to see. I'd like to see everybody off marijuana, and trust me, we'd have a better world. I I agree. I say, stay under my hoodie. I have to try to escape when I have to walk down the street because it's coming at me. All right, listen. (laughs) Thank you for the call. That's right. That's right. She's good. She's she's good. She's good, y'all. She's good. All right. Let me go to line number uh, one. PJ, you hold on. Let me go to line number one and talk with Nairobi. Nairobi in Hayward. Nairobi, did you hear my opening monologue on the topic? Hey, Pastor Jesse. How you doing today? I'm good. Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Okay, cool. Um, So where are you at with all that? I can speak from personal experience about marijuana. Okay. And... And How broad is your experience that, with it? Are you able to speak to the distinction between marijuana and cannabis, the distinction between the natural um, uh, marijuana uh, cannabis use that is ingested by smoking, as James talked about, which is part of the larger uh, subculture that you and I know very well. I grew up grew up in the uh, Chichen Chong era. I know it all in that regard uh, versus what is being used in the medical field that are extracts for the purposes of healing and pain management. Do you know the difference? I'm not, I can speak to the effects of it. Uh, the effect of a marijuana use. What about really, cannabis? 
cannabis. I, I, I always thought they were the same thing. <laughs> no, the same there, thing. there are fundamental differences between the raw marijuana use that people get in the buds and the weed and the roll it up and smoke it. Fundamental differences between that and the uh, carefully pharmaceutically extracted chemicals that are used to deal with pain management and inflammation and other things. That That's where I want to be very careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater because when we get to talking as believers or Christians and we overgeneralize, we discredit the subject we're talking about. But now what I do want to stay back with for um, your experience is what are you getting around young people uh, deferring to marijuana as a kind of a form of dealing with pain or trauma or et cetera? And, 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 and how, how are you addressing that? Well, when you do that, you have to be, like with anything, you got to be very careful because, like the stat said, marijuana is extremely addictive. Right. Is it? It's extremely addictive. Yes, it is. So, yeah. I mean, if you're able to be disciplined and use it accordingly, yeah, it does have municipal purposes. I don't but know anybody well, that's do. able to do that. Do you? Do you? I, no, I don't. And that's all I was going to say. <laughs> because what I see, I mean, every, all my brothers smoking. I yeah. used to for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what... And, and what happens is, it's the first thing you think about when you get up in the morning. Right. Rolling the blood, having some marijuana. Right. It even gets to the point where you can't even have an appetite until you smoke first. Wow. You you, you can't even eat until you smoke some weed first. I, I got to that point. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, and it's, it's the first thing on your mind in the morning. And, you know, that's how you start your day. Like, people start their day with a cup of coffee. Right. And all my brothers are like that to this day. Now, what happened with me was, even when I was saved, right. I struggled with sure. it for a year after I was saved. Sure, I prayed sure. every day about it and, and, and tried. And, and, and the Lord left me in it for about maybe uh, about a year. And then after trying and praying on it, um, the desire just went away from me. I had no desire for it no more. Um, um, uh, uh, but, did you not have a desire for it, or did you just have a greater resolve for a more qualitative life? Now, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, pick your brain on this for the many people that are right where you were. See, now I could have challenged you theologically around the Lord left you in it because He doesn't really leave us in something that. Uh, we don't want to be in. He only leaves us in something that we want to be in, uh, and he will only he will only he will only leave us there uh, for the purpose of uh, helping us to become honest with the fact that where we are is really where we want to be. But uh, uh, when you begin that turnaround, take me through um, why that turnaround was needed. And how that process ultimately resulted in being able to walk away from that habit. Well, with me, I I used to be a respiratory therapist. Okay. So I've seen firsthand for years the end result of smoking. Uh, and it was not cigarettes, but just like I think it was James. Sure. Um, I, I also know um, smoke is foreign to the body. That that's, that's, It does you no good. Right. So it's going to cause damage to your body regardless if you're putting smoke in your body. Amen. Amen. And so I was all, my subconscious was always, uh, uh, my conscience was always nagging me, telling me like, look, you know the end results of this, how, how this is going to end. It was not going to end well. Right. Because another thing about marijuana, it's a gateway drug. Yeah, of course. Was I smoking marijuana, yep. then I would smoke cigarettes. Yep. So now I got marijuana and tobacco and drinking. Yep. So 
and, and and I knew this wasn't good. And then being saved, God opened my eyes. It, it, it made me realize that it's even worse than I thought because now I'm not honoring God. Right. And so just through prayer, and right. uh, uh, that's basically what it was, prayer and really trying to stop. Um, I was I was delivered from that. Right. And, and and what I what I found was this. I always thought once I, I can if I can keep smoking everything, my life would be good. Because another thing that's true it, it, it makes you very lazy. Yeah, it, it does make you lazy. Yep. You lose your motivation. Yeah, I can't remember things now. I know it's due for my long use of marijuana because oh. it messes with your memory and all okay. that kind of stuff. Okay, okay, so there we go. It's very negative. Right. Um. And and I figured like once I stop doing this, you know, everything will be better. Now it did get better. But what I realized was, you know, you get taken, it's like you're in a fog, in a haze. Yeah. You think, yeah. you think you're thinking clear, and you think you're reasonable and all this stuff, but once you get taken out of that, then you can see, and I realized all the other problems I got. Right. <laughs> issues and all that, but I was in it, and I'm able to work on them, though. Right. Uh, and we can able to address these things now. So, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. And I think it's bad. Um, um, like I said, I got my all my brothers on it. We can't talk. I can't talk to them about business or doing things productive. They're just not going to do it. Are they? You are know? they? Are they living non-motivated lives right now simply because they're kind of trapped in the cycle of emotional and psychological pain management because of that spiraling down effect? They just don't have a drive for being a positive and um, successful and driven. They don't have it. Well, one of my brothers does, but see, he'll talk about it. It's one thing to talk it, but you ain't gonna, you won't get moving on it. Right, exactly. He, he, he's not going to put it into action. My other one, my other two younger brothers, I'm the oldest, they're, um, you know, they work. Right. And they go to work and, you know, they're functioning, but it's not going to go anything beyond that. Got it. Yep. I can't say that, but at least right now, that's what it seems like. I right. mean, they're not trying to go beyond where they are. Right. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's called so, a, that's yeah. called a trap. That's what that is. It's a yeah. trap and they are not uh aware of the limitations that they are creating for themselves by that kind mm-hmm. of narrow uh peripheral lifestyle that basically uh says let's live and work um in order to medicate and uh, and 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 to stay within this framework of of a high, I get that. I grew up in that culture. That was a mm-hmm. very debilitating, hindering culture. And you're right; it's a slow death of virtually every vital organ in your body, um, f- for which the Imago Day in us suffers greatly in terms of uh, its ability to to be productive and and honorable and industrious and all of that. Um, the the overcoming of that you recognize is essential to the health of your family as well, right? Absolutely. Right. Uh, And I'm hoping I can get a caller or two uh, between the end of our um, program to, 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 to talk about the correlation between parents who are getting high and children who are getting high. Um, Because again, the topic that you're, you and I are talking about, it's actually increasing. It's not getting better. It's not getting less. It's becoming more and more normative. And maybe you are, uh, close to out of the window of that high percentage, but our kids are not. And and that our kids would collapse into it, um, Nairobi, is something that can be expected if they are not armed by very good models in terms of parents and upline folks who know how to live healthy, 
qualitatively uh, and sound pain management lives. And, and when I talk about pain management, I'm talking about the fact that we simply get wounded physically, emotionally, psychologically, socially, and in many other ways to where we do have to find a way to manage our pain. We get older and we have to therefore manage our pain. And, and therefore, that component is always going to play a role in a broken world with broken issues for which we have to be sympathetic. But I think we also need to be very, very wise and prudent about um, things that appear to be harmless, but at the end of the day can be extremely destructive to the quality of life that we're called to live. I agree. Listen, thanks for the call, man. Bless you. I've got to take a break. Three lines open, 1-888-367-5329, 1-888-367-5329. PJ in Oregon, you hold on. I'll get you. Again, let's keep talking about it. Love to hear from some of you who also have the same experience that our brother Nairobi has uttered. And uh, let's keep this going for the next 30 minutes on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we are at the time 634 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you want to call and chime in on our topic, a very insightful um, program today and great callers, great topics. All of the advice <clears throat> was very, very good. Let's go to line number two and talk with PJ in Oregon. PJ, what's your thoughts, comments or observation on our topic today? Hi, Jesse. Um, I I was just calling because I had a, a um, an experience when about 25 years ago mm-hmm. um, when I was only 29 years old, and I I got in a, a severe car accident to where um, I um, came really close to having my leg amputated okay. because of of the um, the bone structure that was destroyed and the nerve damage. Right. And they ended up putting uh, me on volume, and I had six surgeries. Be, um, but it was, if it wasn't for my stomach muscle being taken out and placed in my leg, I would have been Lost amputated. Right. And so that gives you an idea of what. Is, would it have been your lower? Would it would have been the lower part, um, the knee down, or all the way up? At the ankle and the okay. foot, it was Got a it. compound fracture with my tibia and fibula. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. My and my kneecap was down at my ankle, and so then they had to fuse my ankle, and so I never could run again or swim or, you know, right. any, about 80% of the things I used to be able to do. Right. And, um, and at that time I also had broken my arm and, um, in two places. And, and so I, it was a severe, I, I flew 70 feet in the air and rolled two and a half times and landed upside down as my arm and my leg rolled out with the car door being open. Yep. Um, so, yep. so that gives you a little scenario. It does. It does. So, so as I'm, I'm in the surgeries, um, um, about the second surgery, um, I they were had me on morphine. It was the first time I'd ever been in the hospital, and I was um, 29 years old, right, and right. Um, and I it was so foggy, and I you know I, I couldn't really comprehend things because I was on morphine. Sure. And and um, I told the doctor to take me off of that. Right. If I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life, I need to endure pain. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, being a runner, you get sore joints sometimes, and so forth. Yep. So, um, so I I went for years. I had some medicine so that if I absolutely could not bear it, it was there. But I didn't want to be on on commercial pain medicine and pharmaceuticals because of the side effects from them. Agreed. Agreed. And. And because there's all those heart problems and different things that go on, you know, it may help X, but it causes Y, Z, A, B, and C, you yep, know, and yep. 
and then you need more and more and more and more drugs. So, um, so I um, endured pain, and I knew that that um, in time I'm going to need it, but I don't want to go. I'm only 29. I don't want to go all these years and then become needing even heavier and heavier and heavier Amen. pharmaceuticals. So. I knew there'd be a time I would need something, and I started using, you know, essential oils like peppermint and stuff to help alleviate pain and right, so forth. And right. um, the only time of the year that I have, I can tolerate the pain now, as I'm 54, you know, 25 years ago, sure. is um, is to um, it, during the summer. It's it's wonderful because the arthritis isn't all intense, right? And and then in the winter time, it it is the arthritis and it gets worse and worse every year because um, about, well, I've gained a little bit of weight, but about um, 15 pounds of my body weight went to the other side in order to balance sure. when I walk. Sure. And so, um, so hips and all that stuff gets really sore and it's hard to get out of bed in the wintertime because being in poverty now that I'm disabled, I right. can't afford to have a really hot house <laughs> right, right. in the wintertime. So nevertheless, um, I realized that um, I was jerked around with um, with a, being diagnosed with a couple things, um, epilepsy and so forth, when I was younger, and I had taken the medicine that um, come to find out it was just magnesium deficiency. Sure. And um, so I did don't trust the medical industry, and um, and I had a friend that introduced me to some edibles, and of course trying it out. It was trying to understand where that point is that will just help to take care of that sharpness that I can't handle anymore. Sure. Where I still endure pain, but it's so that I can sleep a couple nights a week during sure. the wintertime. It's that part that I was talking about, pain management, which I am completely, um, uh, I am completely um, concurring with us making sure that that approach, and you are a perfect um, you're a perfect um, caller for that, PJ, and I want you to expand on that. But for me, with all of the different things that go on in our life and yours become one of the examples that I was saying, when we just do life in a broken world, sinful world, things happen. They have no moral or ethical implication to them. Yours was a car accident, and it, it, it catapulted you into a greater pain management lifestyle where you had to, through process of discovery and, and choices and methods, find a way to manage pain. So here you are um, looking into uh, another form of it, and, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. I, forgiveness of sins gives us the grounds to work it through with a God with whom we know that he is gracious enough to show us when we're going down the wrong path or there's a better path to go down. So tell me about how um, that process began to work for you, because this is going to help a lot of people. Well, it, it began to help because mainly the hardest time was, was to sleep during right, the wintertime right. because my ankles fuse, so I can't sleep with my feet straight down nope, because my can't. ankles fuse, and it puts pressure on that that fusion, yep, you know? Yep. And so so I just figured that at least getting a couple really good, solid nights of sleep, if I take that stuff, you know, eat a cookie or whatever yep. before I go to bed, um, it will help me to sleep, but... It was I was just in a discussion that was similar to this um, with a with a brother friend, um, and because I, I I was saying how it I sometimes I I feel is this right or wrong because um, the stuff I had was um, I guess um, the kind that can make you feel a little goofy 
um, that's what helps you to sleep. I, I, I found out that a health food store is now carrying the oil where I didn't know that before. Of and course. so I'm going to get some of the oil, right. but, um, um, and it's expensive. It's, it's really expensive, but it's a little bit more natural right? rather than all the side effects. Right. And, um, I studied into it and realized that, you know, when I tried it back way back when in high school, I did it probably about 10 times and I hated feeling stupid. Right. Right. <laughs> And in and, and, and that time, we had to learn how to maintain composure because we didn't want to be caught under the influence. Where right. today's time, kids just go ahead and just are stupid. Yep. You know. Totally. And the recreational attitude, and um, and so um, with with that, a lot of things went through my mind. And then I realized that um, when I do those nights, I do take it. If um, I, I'm gonna, have, I have to be sure that when I do my um, my devotion, Bible study, and you know prayer and stuff, that I get that done earlier in the day and before I do that, because I want to worship God in spirit and truth, yep. and I don't want to be delusioned in any way. Yep. Um, and because I, I, I I'm afraid of that because of His Holiness, you know. And here I'm just the sinner that is taking some drugs because I can't endure this anymore. You know. Well, let me but, let me let me let me uh, chime in as a parenthetical, uh, and then you can go back. Okay. Um, what you're saying there on a theological level and a communal level with God does not have um, justifiable basis in this regard that. Um, who we are is who we are before God. You and I, um, PJ, are um, simultaneously righteous and sinful at the same time in the presence of a holy God, not because of who we are. We are there because of who Christ is and our vouch safe is the only way that God looks at you and me acceptably. He does not look at us on a sliding scale of how we feel, how we think, what we do, or how we act. He either looks at us in Christ or outside of Christ. If we're outside of Christ when he looks at us, it doesn't matter how good we are in our outward deportment of self-righteousness and uh, personal holiness. It's all obnoxious with God because it never meets the standard that God demands. Now, when I say that, this is what I'm saying. Okay. God's not disturbed by whether or not you're high when you're talking to him. He's not disturbed by that. That doesn't disturb God. You use the term, you know, we get, you'll get altered. It would be the same way if someone took a volume, you know that, or, or take any kind of drug to help a pain that's going to now um, fog the mind. That right, is like a, even a pain medicine. That's my point, right? That's okay, not going to be okay. an impedance with God, but it will be an impedance with us. Yeah, it won't be an impedance that. with God. It will be an impedance with us. Um, and, and there are a couple of things that I would say about that relative to this. If my brothers and sisters are in a place of pain management, as you and I are talking, PJ, and they need to commune with God, by all means, commune with God. It does not matter how limited your capacity to commune with God is. That's not God's not going to be bending over. Wait, wait a minute. What did you say? You were slurring right there. I didn't get that. He doesn't. God, God's not yeah, impeded yeah, like that. Right. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. However. <laughs> However, I agree with you totally. 
um, in my ministry. I'm I'm behind the pulpit or teaching three and four times a week, and I have to make sure that my head is as clear as possibly can be. So I avoid a bunch of things in preparation for me to function as well as I can. So I know what you mean about that. I just want to liberate you from uh, any notion that you cannot have a legitimate and real communion with God, even if you are in the fall. Think about how um, at night you are relaxing and preparing to go to sleep because you do need sleep. That's another uh, component of health that I talk about a lot, uh, the concept of rest. Um, Talk yourself Um, Talk to your God right on into that point where you go to sleep. That's fellowship with God. Lord, you know, I thank you for the alleviation of the pain. You know, I'm starting to go into that window where I'm about to close my eyes. And um, I am so glad that you neither slumber nor sleep and that if you didn't watch, it wouldn't matter if I was watching anyway. So I thank you for your goodness and mercy in my life. Um, Yeah, don't don't stop fellowshipping with your God. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I think it's because the world uses it in a recreational way that I get it. we grew up. I get it. We grew up with it being illegal to where now it's become legal, that it feels kind of shameful in a way. Agree, like agree. It, Agreed. Don't, don't let it don't don't let it happen. Don't listen. Romans fourteen is our foundation for a healthy approach to pain management. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Blessed is a man who does not doubt in the thing that he. Blessed is a man or woman who does not doubt in the thing that he allows. When you and I, on the grounds of our liberty, approach a thing, knowing that what we are doing it for is mere pain management, not that we should get high or blitzed out of our brain. We're not trying to do that. Um, I love fellowshipping with my God, but I also know that we go through these variables where we need assistance. And so pain relief is not uh, a, a mitigating factor in my fellowship with God and neither is it with you. So don't, don't allow that notion to creep in and create a kind of uh, pseudo uh, self-righteous legal bondage for you. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what, verse, um, I appreciate that. that. That makes me feel a little bit better than feeling the guilt. But um, I I, um, I think of that verse, um, and everything you eat and drink do all to the glory of God. And I, and I'm, you know, of course I eat it because I know smoking of it's going to just be a complete high opposed yep. to something that lasts five hours. Agreed. You know? And and so um, good. That's First Corinthians ten thirty one, and I want you to hold on to that. That's another that's liberty, I, <laughs> another liberty passage for you. Okay. Okay. I thank God for Paul. I'm telling you, he he said, okay, we got to find a way to bring the Gentile brethren in and bring some of that good food they eat too, without them having to become completely kosher. I thank him for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listen, thank you for the call and call thank anytime. You. Okay. God bless you. you. I've got to take a break. All my lines are open. If you want to call and help me close out the program in the next segment, one 367 5329 one I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. And we are back to the time... 652 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. <clears throat> a really, really great show. Many good callers. If you wanted to chime in for the last few minutes, you could. one 367 
one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We will have other good topics that we will deal with in the future on these kinds of issues because I am on a trajectory and course of health and uh, quality life as well as pain management because you know what that means that we are dealing with all of these issues in our world from the womb to the tomb and when we run across. Uh, calamity or our suffering, as PJ was describing, there is no way that we can have a one-shoe-fits-all philosophy around health like that. She is dealing with chronic pain that probably will never go away so that she needs to master, by the grace of God, pain management. That's just the way that it is with a lot of people. And this is even more so as you become older. <clears throat> as you get older in life, you realize that your body is not as healthy as it was when you were younger. Uh, And so pain management is really a part of recovering your health, recovering your health. PJ was talking about getting a little heavier on one side to compensate for that bad leg. And we know what that's like whenever you've been injured. If you've been an athlete and I have, I compensated for 22 years uh, with my left leg over against my right leg because of lower disc problems and hip problems. And therefore, my right leg atrophied uh, significantly <clears throat> in my um, hamstring and my upper thighs for years. And I compensated with my left leg. It became stronger. But what did that mean? That meant that even that part of my left leg being stronger, it also had to endure Uh, Some levels of arthritis, both my left and my right hips uh, had levels of arthritis that I became normal with. I I just accepted it and dealt with it like a lot of people know. But beginning to work towards my health, changing my diet slightly, uh, knowing what my blood work was like, being very aware of my genetic makeup. And therefore, supplying my my body with the right nutrients, including a proper uh, regimen of sleep and rest, as I talk about all the time, uh, because my body is the only thing I have for the ministry of God's word and the ministry of God's people. Uh, I must take care of my body. And I'm reminded of what the word of God says in Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through verse 9. Uh, and even maybe 10, and I think you'll get the point. My son, forget not my law, but let my let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Length of days, long life, and peace. That's what we're talking about when we talk about health, a quality life, and pain management. Let no, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the tables of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. What does that mean? God will grant you favor. God will open doors. God will give you wisdom. God will give you insight even into the resources that man has. Why? Because God gave them to him for all of us and especially his people. Now listen to this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your steps. Now watch this. Be not wise in your own eyes. 
fear the Lord and depart from evil. This is the premise upon which you and I want to drive in a direction towards health, a quality life, and pain management. We do not want to succumb to an evil that is the consequence of our neglect, our rebellion, our disobedience, our departure from God, our self-centeredness. We want the blessing of a long life. We want the blessing of peace and length of days. We want the blessing of health, a quality life, and uh, a sound biblical pain management process that allows us to live uh, productively for God. Now, will you hear this? Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Now, one might quickly grasp after a mere spiritual interpretation in that verse. But I would suggest to you that to do so would be to to limit the capacity of God's word to give you and I the wisdom to do what is necessary to accomplish what Paul is talking about when he calls us to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is going to cause me to be a good steward of my time, my talents, my treasures, my body, my mind, my life, my preoccupation mentally, emotionally, psychologically, etc. If I am able to execute sound stewardship over my life, it will come out in the way I live. The Hebrew here, for it will be held is the Hebrew word in its root, Ra'ah, from which we get Jehovah Rapha. And Jehovah Rapha is the God that healeth thee. And the word really literally means to sew up or buoy up or bring together all of the vital strength components in that part of the body so that the body is intrinsically healing itself or manifesting its strength. And that's what happens when you and I are moving in a direction where we are operating out of biblical principles that grants us the grace to live in a way by which not only are we prospering in our walk with God spiritually, but also practically making right choices that lead to right outcomes that result in a right way of living that results in the glory of God. It's never going to be perfect, but it can be better. And I hope you hear what I'm saying. Until next time, keep your eyes on Christ. All right, bye-bye. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.